Once upon a time, in a faraway land, I woke up and realized I am going to be a dentist. <laughs> Said like no one ever. These are the real stories, not fairy tales. As we go behind the smiles, this is a podcast where we interview and chat with some of the biggest leaders in dentistry, learn their stories, and share their motivation with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. Today's podcast is brought to you by Yappy, an automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. Learn more at yappyapp.com. Welcome back. You're listening to part two. I've done the estimates in our practice. We have a 99.6% no breakage and no debonding rate. Wow, that's incredible. It's, that really it's, I think, I mean, really I've seen so much lower percentages from what I'm seeing out there. Of course, I see the problems, but... Um, I've, I've practiced in other practices and I've seen much lower rates of success. And uh, I think it's just having a protocol um, that you know is foolproof. Uh, and there's, you know, there's other great, I, mean, I, I, I look up to, I've never seen Strupp, but I look up to him. He's got he's very strict in his protocol, you know, and I, I say, you know, it seems like there's too many hurdles there. I like to simplify things a little um, more than that, but <clears throat> we need protocol. If we just do things willy nilly, and a little different each time, then how do we know where the failures are coming from? And so we've created protocol and we do it the same every time. And every time I think about changing a material, I say, it's working. Don't change it. <laughs> oh, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. What, you know, if, if I change a material or a process, you know, I could go from 99 points. I could suddenly have failures and that would really, that would really crush me. I remember the day when I had failures. And that's what I want to hand off to others is the confidence that you're not going to have failures. And I tell you, in my experience, um, getting case acceptance on large cases, it really helps when you, you are confident deep down inside that your, your work is going to last and, it's going to, and the patient's going to be happy with the end results. And, and our process also guarantees the patient's going to love the end result. Um, by beginning with the end in mind, whether that be making temporaries um, that in, perfect them until the patient is absolutely in love with them before you move forward, and our process that our lab copies um, the temporary restorations is really important. Absolutely. That's how you kind of test not only the aesthetics, but also the functionality, because if you see the patient constantly coming back in temporaries, having to recommend something that you can kind of anticipate some of those failures. You know, I don't know why sell is such a four-letter word in dentistry, because, you know, selling is nothing more than figuring out what it is that people want and figuring out how to help them get it. And I think what you're doing is a lot of one dentistry and uh, in your case, it, you know, it's not selling. It's, it's really just relating that confidence back to them. I mean, when they come to you, and I, I happen to know that patients don't come to you because they saw your sign or because they got your flyer. Patients come to you from other cities. They come to you from other countries. And, and they, you know, they, come, they seek out your services because they have that confidence in you. How do you communicate that confidence? Well, I think, I think for sure patients can um, sense it. And so I think confidence isn't a falsehood. I think, you know, some people, confidence could be misconstrued as uh, cockiness or anything else, but 
I, I, I think confidence is knowing what you're capable of and letting patients know it and they feel it, I think. Uh, and every doesn't mean every once in a while we don't let them know that, you know, um, our success rate or anything like that. Sure. You know, uh, I've seen Chris Phelps a few times and, uh, <laughs> I think he's great. And I, and we all, I think we, you know, we try to use those techniques of, of letting patients, um, understand whether they understand it from seeing pictures of smiles all over your walls, or they see testimonials of videos of, um, you know, other patients. And, and my favorite, I, I like I, my favorite testimonials are those where other dentists, um, have come for to be treated. And by the way, our course, I, I love it. Every every course we have a dentist as the patient. I couldn't put I couldn't torture a patient through all that, you know, talking <laughs> and talking and there are all these other people looking at them. So uh, for every hands-on over the shoulder course, we treat a dentist and uh and in the room, you know, the operatory, I don't know if you remember, but I built one operatory uh, a little oversized so that yeah. we could fit eight dentists comfortably to be in the room during the procedure. Um, I think the other, only other over-the-shoulder course is is like closed captioned, and everybody's like in other operatories watching it on TV. And I just I just want it to be a small group that's right there that could, I mean, if they want, they pick up a mirror and explorer and inspect the preps and you know ask questions. And it's uh, I have to tell you, I I'm blown away with what we're doing with that course. I know I'm getting off topic, but. I just, I, I absolutely love it because of the feedback I'm getting from dentists of how much they learned so quickly about aesthetics and occlusion. And that was my goal is not to have it a drawn out for a year or two years through, you know, some of these wonderful programs, Spears, Bioaesthetics, Dawson, um, but they're really long and they're really expensive. And uh, I wanted to, in four days, give people the knowledge, give them the uh, knowledge to have some confidence to go out there and, and start selling cases because they know what to look for and they know how to communicate. Um, and then they have the process to get patients to a wonderful place. No, you, you just said something, you're getting off topic. You're not getting off topic. I actually think you're getting quite on topic because <laughs> I remember, gosh, it was quite a few years ago. I, I think it might've been in Nashville. Uh, no, it wasn't Nashville. It was in a bar uh, and uh, you and I were in a bar. We've never, we've a, never done, we've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you know, there were some other guys there, and uh, uh, Gina was calling you because she wanted milk and cookies brought up to her room because she was <laughs> pregnant at the time. I don't remember where it was. You can probably figure out by Avis' age. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, I like distinctly remember you asked me why I don't do more big cases. And, and I mm. said, well, you know, I just don't like it. And, and you said, do you not like it or do you not have enough confidence? And, and, and truthfully, looking back at that conversation, you know, we don't like to do things that we are not confident in doing, right? Like if we, because it's stressful and that's why we don't like I hate it. doing root canals. Yeah, so do I. I'm terrified I'm going to perf every time I, I open a tooth. I do like 10 root canals a year on anterior teeth, and I still think I could perf. Who knows? <laughs> um, terrified. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. not confident. I don't do enough. I don't, I probably don't have enough knowledge, and that's why I don't do them. They have to be slam dunks for me to bother. And it has to be an emergency, and I'm really doing it for the patient. Otherwise, you know, that's what the specialist is for. It's, uh, so from, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, we have to, we have to feel confident. 
Exactly. And it's really hard to go to a course and listen to a lecture and watch a video or maybe even, you know, um, do some sort of a, I mean, most of the hands-on uh, courses, you, you don't really get to, unless you bring your own patient, you really don't get to participate that much. So uh, tell me about com- uh, cosmetic confidence coaching that you do at your practice. How does it work well, we do. and what, what's involved? How, do you, how does one sign up for it? And I want to know more. Absolutely. Um, my, the the uh, over-the-shoulder course is four days, two days, and then a month later, two days. <clears throat> and if you think about the first, the first weekend is about prepping and getting the temporaries perfect. So they get to learn that process. But we spend the morning prepping, then we spend the afternoon in lecture. Um, and then the second day, we do a post-op with the patient. And then we do a hands-on, um, there's a hands-on component where people are, uh, dentists are paired up and they take records on each other from our whole photographic series, all the records that we take on every comprehensive patient in our practice, photographs, measurements, uh, we do a full muscle exam and we learn that process of a, a, what I call the complete exam. And, uh, and then they go home and they actually work up that person's case and design their smile. Now, it really stinks when you have a partner with a great smile, but, but if you, most people have like an occlusal interference or something, it's not that they're going to go equilibrate each other and treat each other. But what they do is they design a smile um, they, uh, and they go ahead and they put it the next time they come back. Besides us inserting a case, they also work on each other and transfer what they designed from the models into the patient's mouth, into their, into their partner's mouth, and uh, get to see if they designed something correctly. And we go around and we make sure that we fine-tune it all. Uh, and it's, it's great because not only is there one case getting treated, me treating a patient, but there's this kind of rough uh, workup and treatment of uh, eight other people in the room. And we all learn from those cases. And I think it's really enlightening. Uh, and I tell everybody, if you want to learn occlusion and aesthetics, then take photographs, mount models, and design cases yourself. Don't send it to the lab. Most labs design okay smiles. They, they really, I don't know, I, I would say they're mechanical. They're not natural in, in aesthetics. And, they, and I, I have to say, before I got a lab um, tech, I waxed every case myself for 15 years. And that might be stupid, but the knowledge I gained from it, I I could never have gained any other way. Maybe it's just me. I'm a hands-on person. I'm here in the office today after five hours of powder skiing. We had a wonderful powder day today. And I'm going to wax my Monday case. One, my ceramist is really busy. And B, I'm probably not going to finish waxing it, but I'll, I'll at least rough wax it. I want to learn something from this. Uh, I, I think it's a it's an interesting case. I'm doing it direct composite instead of porcelain for cost issues, and I don't do them that often. But I know if I design it myself, I'll be I'll know every possible pitfall of what's going to happen bonding that case when you're working in the mouth. Absolutely. And so it'll save me time there. Um, and and I think she's got an interesting enough occlusion that. And for many cases, I'm like, put it on my desk first. Let me look at it. Let me let me put my hands on it first to figure out the answer. And as much as I've done this uh, so many times, and I present to patients, um, you know, very simply. I don't get into the details. I think it's important not to bog people down. 
and talk more about big picture things, improvements and benefits to patients. Uh, even though I do that, I know that I have to know the details of how this is going to work out for the for the best occlusion and the best uh, longevity and the best aesthetics and the best lip support and things like that. Uh, and sometimes I, I have to put my hands on it, to be honest, still, even even though I have somebody right here to do it. That's excellent. And and I, I think you do learn a lot from from doing it yourself. And uh, it's um, it's incredible to hear someone who is as accomplished and uh, who's done so many cases, who's teaching others that you still kind of go to the basics and and um, and you learn from. Uh, every case. So let me ask you a question. If someone is interested in cosmetic confidence coaching, how do they get more information? How do they sign up? When do you offer courses? Uh, we usually offer every spring and fall. So coming up in, we just announced the other day, uh, the end of May, the last week of May and the last weekend of April um, is our next course. Just put it up on the website. We just got our patient. It's going to be a very interesting case. Um, because it's a it's somebody who it was a dentist who was wearing a sleep apnea appliance and now cannot regain a maximum intercuspation. So we're going to rebuild his occlusion besides the aesthetics mm-hmm. into you know the new joint position. Uh, you know I I love CR, but this is his new CR. He's he's not going anywhere. He's tried to regain uh, you know MI and he and he can't. So it's going to be a really fun case. I'm really excited about it. And uh, that's going to be oh and the, what what. Others are really excited about it. This is the first course that we're having while the ski mountain is still open. So the oh, wow. May weekend, people can stay and ski for a couple of days because the courses are on Thursday and Friday, uh, and they can ski on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, what and are the dates? I, March and April. How many oh, wonderful. take? I, I imagine it's a small group. I mean... It's only eight, and it was just... An, and I didn't announce it anywhere yet, to be honest. So um, this is the first... Uh, the first chance for anybody to hear about it. That's great. So they gotta- uh, and, and the whole schedule's on. It's uh, March 28th and 29th and April 25th and 26th. Uh, and there's a whole schedule on it of what we do every morning and every afternoon, including the most exciting thing, I think. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, we do a graduation wine tasting at the Little Nell, which is uh, one of the best hotels hotels in, in, well, it's the best hotel in Aspen, but they have an amazing wine program. And we go to the cellar with some very, very well-known, like nationally and internationally known sommeliers, master sommeliers, and, uh, and do a wine tasting. And we, you know, we, we do a different theme every year, whether it's, you know, Italian versus Spain or, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, and it ends up being a wonderful, fun party in, in this little cellar. That's wonderful. I'm excited about that. So, uh, but before that, am I going to see you anywhere? Are you speaking anywhere? Are you traveling? Any exciting events coming up? Uh, well, I'll be at Practice on Fire. I'm not speaking this year. So in Miami, Practice on Fire, of course, I'll be there. Always love to support. It, you know, I, I think that um, event is amazing and it's so much about practice growth and, 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 and less so about clinical uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that they go hand in hand and I love every bit of it. I think I'm a CE junkie and I, I just think it's a lot of fun um, to realize how much they go hand in hand. And in my course, I always bring, you know, talk about team motivation, um, case presentation, things like that, because it's not just clinical skills. You can have all the clinical skills in the world and there's some great hands out there not doing not nearly enough dentistry. And I think that's always a shame to have the knowledge and not use it. So 
Um, our course is about getting out there, doing it um, by being able to present it, sell it. I mean, realistically, it's sales. I know I held it back before, but it's almost a dirty word. And I, it, was, it was really for other people's uh, you know, I felt like my wife was kicking me under the table. I always better not say sales. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a it's a dirty word because uh, again, you know, when when you go out to a store and you buy something, you don't you. I mean, usually, like if you go buy a car, you buy a dress, you don't buy it because you're forced to buy it. You buy it because you want it because it makes you feel a certain way. And dentistry doesn't have to be any different. And so, you know, I think if you have, it's important to not just be able to perform dentistry with confidence. It's also important to be able to sell it with confidence. And it's important to have a team that can support you in confidence and, um, or confidently. And, uh, you know, and, and all those things are skills. So. Absolutely. And one of the things with practice on fire is it really gives you a good, um, kind of business primer and it teaches you some good verbal skills and uh and it really is a fun event and and i always i always marvel about how one day graham just decided to put a bunch of strangers together and we've all become <laughs> such great friends and we're very different and yet we are um really quite close and and you know very same. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's always a fun event and I'm looking forward to it. And I think that's right after your event, right? That's uh, going to be uh, early right. May, I think like May 17th and 18th or something like that. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And I always get to see, you know, new faces and old faces. It's really just a wonderful event. Um, and in Miami again is their second, uh, you know, Miami. Yeah, event. and I'm, it's always a blast. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'll get, that's the next time I'll see you. And uh, otherwise, we're working on this. And I do a lot of coaching outside of this program. I call it the Cosmetic Confidence Coaching Program because this is a four-day event. But I also um, take on a very, very limited amount of coaching clients that I spend a whole year holding their hand through this. Um, and making sure they have every detail of confidence. They even send their cases to my in-house lab so I can make sure they're amazing. And it's so much, I, we, we just inserted <clears throat> the first case for uh, my coaching client in Denver who he wanted to come up here and do it here because he wanted to ski a little bit as well. So him and his patient came up and um, you know, the confidence that he got of inserting a case that was just perfect is huge. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the lab support we give those coaching clients, I think is almost as important as any other part of the advice I give them and the, you know, in the case workups we do together. And, but we go through every step of every case together, diagnostically, um, uh, and even presentation patients that, you know, they'll, they'll call up and say, this is the case. What should I present? How do I present it? And I think there's something about learning by doing it over and over again and getting the coaching over and over again. That's really, I think, useful. Uh, our coaching clients have had huge success. I think uh, this most recent uh, coaching client has done one full mouth every month since he started. Wow. And, he, and, and for some reason, I'm like, can we just start with tens? And he keeps on. He's like, but I, I offered them the best treatment. And he's, he's on his third full mouth um, right now. And it's only been a few months and he's, and he's doing great. 
And so I'm, I'm a little picky on who we take because I want them to be people that are going to succeed. Sometimes, you know, there's some people that are going to are going to succeed. And, and honestly, we all know it. There's some people with the same access to knowledge that aren't going to for whatever reason. Well, as we, we discussed earlier, some people are just lucky because they make their own luck. They put the effort and others aren't. <laughs> they have access to the same resources, right? They just don't Absolutely. make their own luck. <laughs> you can't, Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to say it. <laughs> yeah. You know, people, some people go and grab it. You know, we've developed some techniques of using Emacs that I think really help us with our goal of making restorations last a long time. Uh, Ivoclar and every ceramist in the world says you have to cut back that incised ledge and build porcelain on it to get the most beautiful aesthetics. And we've, I've been striving for probably seven, eight years. I've been pushing ceramists to not cut back because I, I had some incised ledge chips earlier in my career that really bothered me. <clears throat> Why do we put weak porcelain on this strong? I mean, Emacs is useless if we're just going to put on the, on the most, uh, the thinnest, weakest part of the tooth we're going to build traditional porcelain. And so, so your case we've is got, uh, pressed Emacs? We're pressed Emacs and we have no incisal cutback at all. And we have um, details that are just, you know, unbelievable. I'm I, I put it I'm, up. I'm any, impressed because against, I've seen your cases and they're gorgeous and they're natural looking. And I love Emacs, but I didn't realize you could get those aesthetic results with Emacs. Yeah, it's, Keep pushing your technicians to, to not do a cutback, um, but we've developed that technique. So um, we're trying to train some other ceramists to use uh, these techniques as well, because I, I just don't, I think it's, uh, it, it doesn't give us the benefits of Emacs if we, if we end up cutting back the incised ledge. And we can get insanely beautiful aesthetics without cutting back that incised ledge. You're absolutely right. The, the aesthetics of your cases are insanely beautiful. And, oh, I wasn't trying to say. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, I've seen, I've seen your work. I've seen your work on patients live, and I've seen your work um, on your photos, and uh, you do beautiful work, and I am excited to um, you know, be exposed to it. Uh, Andrew, our time is up. I keep wanting to talk to you, but I guess I'm going to have to hold off until we see you at the practice on fire. I'm going to put the links to your coaching program in the show notes. Um, I, you know, I know there are going to be some questions about it from our listeners. I want to thank you for taking the time to spend with us today. And I hope to see you really soon. Thanks so much, Gina. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to see you.